You're listening to the podcast of River of Life Christian Fellowship in Durant, Oklahoma. Visit us online at rolcf.org. When you do a search on that and study that phrase out, literally what he was doing, he was seeing the way it was in the natural and said, aha, it's not here. And when he looked up into heaven, what he was seeing was, and what that phrase is saying, that he was getting his vision according to what was in heaven, not what was on earth. In other words, there was lack here, but there's not lack there. And so when he prayed, he was praying according to what he saw in heaven. Man, that's powerful. You need to stop and think about that. You need to shake your head a little bit. You know, the, did I get it? There you go. Under my feet. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, Bobby. I squashed it really far down in the carpet right there. <laughs> but see, there is something about when we pray, do we pray according to what we see here? Y'all need to think about that. Because I, I bet you anything, most of us pray according to what we see here. And we need to look up into heaven and see what is... You know, the scripture says that we're, that, that we're blessed according to the riches and glory. You, you, you know that phrase? This has nothing to do with the message, by the way. But it says, according to his riches and glory. You know the difference between according to his riches and glory and... and it's, uh, let me put it this way. If I had lots and lots of money and I wrote you a check from my account. If I gave you an option, would you want a check from my, I don't know how to say it. If I wrote you a check from my account, it would be there, it would be, I could back it up. But if, if I had lots and lots of money and I wrote you a check according to my account, that's what a blank check is. A blank check is according, in other words, to the amount that I have, it's yours. It's according to what I have, just not the limit. If you, if, you, if you just have a need of $20, well, I'll write it out of my check account and give you $20. But if I write it according, if I write you a check, see, not according to your need, but according to His riches and glory. See, God hasn't blessed us According to our need. Someone needs to hear that. I, I'm still not making it. So many times we're going to God for what we need. Quit it! Well, I just need my bills paid. Quit it! He has blessed us according to His riches and glory. You have more than enough to pay your bills. But as long as you're focused, I'll tell you, I didn't plan on preaching on this, right? Mm. Most of us are praying this way. Our vision is in the flesh. Our vision is the here and now, the, the, the outside. I need this, I need this. You know what? You can have all that. It's still, you're still going to be messed up on it. Even if you get, okay, if I just get happy, just as soon as the light, just like I said, 
most of us will change depending on which envelope we open first. You open the one with money in it first, you're going to get happy. You open the one with a bill in it last, you're going to be sad. That's how fickle we are. Our happiness is determined according to what we receive in the mail. But the scripture says that we've been blessed according to his riches and glory. The next time you've got 5,000 people in front of you and you've got a couple loaves and fishes and you're going, I can't, if I just had enough for these 5,000, what happened? There was leftover when he got done because it wasn't done according to the need it was done, Israel, according to God's riches and glory. According to what Jesus saw in heaven. Oh, there is abundance in heaven. So I'm going to pray according to the abundance, not according to, well, uh, one, two, three, four. You know, I'll just pray for 4,080 people to, to get food. You quit counting and pray according to his God, you know how many's here. Pour out more than enough. Jesus prayed for more than enough for the people that were in need. Oh, that's powerful. Someone, I mean, I don't know. Somebody needs to get a hold of that. Does anybody need to get a hold of that? I mean, I, I, that has nothing to do with my notes. Yeah, quit praying for a bass player. You don't need a bass player. You need a whole orchestra. No. <laughs> God's got a whole orchestra waiting for you, girl. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, it's not about your need. It's about His riches and glory. I know it's so easy for us. If I, This is what I'm dealing with. I know, but just think, if you're going to pray, if you're going to take the time to pray, if you're going to take the time to believe, Frank, let me ask. I, I, I just feel this, Frank. If you were if you were given two choices, and in this choice you had just enough to meet your need, and in this hand you had far a whole nother life, more than enough. I mean, way enough to bless everybody else's need, and it took you the same energy. It, it, it took, see, it, it, reach out to the one you want. Okay, okay. Reach out to the one you really don't want. See, but, but see, it takes the same energy to pray for this as it does this. So if you're going to pray, go for. You said it. Go for the gusto. Go for everything that God has provided for you. It's that simple. Well, I pray, we'll pray bigger. It doesn't take any more energy to say, thank you, Father, for everything that pertains to life and godliness according to your riches and glory than it does, God, here's my bill. Please pay him. You know what? Next month, you're going to be praying for the same bill again. Maybe that's why you got bills. It keeps you on your knees. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That's another message. Maybe God knows the only way that he ever hears from you is <laughs> keeping you in debt. <laughs> no, that's not true. But there could be a lot of truth to that. 
step, step boldly. Healing and health. Healing and health. You know, that's another thing. Thank you, honey. You know, we, we, we in churchdom, and, and if you, when I say churchdom, don't take that as positive, okay? Our mindsets in churchdom really has. You know, we're after healings. Healings and healings and healings and healings. The Bible says that you can walk in divine health. Healings are only for the people that need it. How would you like to live a life where you didn't need it? It's all in the belief. Yeah, but you don't know my family lineage. Oh, but you don't know your real family lineage. See, most people don't look back far enough. Well, my granddaddy's granddaddy died of this, and my granddaddy's granddaddy, and he died, and they died, and they died, so I'm going to die too of this right here. Go, go further back. Go all the way back to Calvary. Go, go, go back further than that. Go back before the foundations of the world and see yourself in God, loved by Him for all eternity. Oh, most people don't go back far enough in their lineage. You go back far enough, you'll find God. You know, most of our identity, man, it has nothing to do with my message. Most of our identity is in where we were born. How many people proud you from Oklahoma? You know, I can tell if you're proud that you're from Oklahoma. Let me say, say something about Texas. <laughs> It'll come out. <laughs> I've already tried that. Someone says they're not proud about being in Oklahoma. I'll say something about being from Texas, and they'll come out with the Texan jokes real quick. <laughs> no! You know, they'll pick. The only reason you, you make fun of some other state is because, you know, you're not feeling good about you make No, we won't. Heart physics. See, my identity is not that I'm from Texas. It doesn't matter what school I went to. I don't get my identity from my mama or daddy. I'm not concerned with my earthly heritage. God, my father is king. Mm. My father is king. Nothing wrong with family lineage. Nothing wrong with identifying where you're from. But don't get your value and dignity from the score on your golf card. Don't get your value and dignity from the end of the score. The score at the end of the game. Some people get all bent out of shape. Their identity is in the success of a team of people that don't even know them. Oh, man, I'm meddling now. Maybe I should get back to my notes. Our identity should be at Calvary. Should be the empty grave. Our identity should be in the heavens according to his riches and glory. We're king's kids, more than conquerors. We're complete in Christ. You don't need a mini-me, someone to complete you. Jesus did. Amen? That's how I started the announcements.
And praying for the kids. Matter of fact, they've already gone, but let's just stop and pray them. For Everybody just reach back there in an act of faith. Just believe. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, I thank you for your, your servants, for, for the ministry, for the truth that you've placed back in that room right now with each and every child. Father, I thank you that your children will hear with uncircumcised ears. Father, I thank you that flesh hasn't covered their ears yet. Father, I thank you that flesh hasn't covered their hearts yet. Father, instill in them your will, your love, and your passion for them. May their identity be in what you that they're your children, and you've called them and you've loved them. May they experience your love in that place this morning. And all God's people said, Amen. Uh, we've got an announcement this morning. Go ahead and start the announcement. Does everybody know how to do math? just an announcement. One plus equal what? Four. You forever. Everything that Jesus did. Amen? Uh, we've got some uh, another announcements tonight uh, at 6.30 here at the church. Come hungry. Uh, we're going to be having a, um, a go have your siesta first, but we're going to have a, a Mexican blowout over here. At the, we're going to have Mex enchiladas and tacos and nachos and and uh, we're having a church dinner here, uh, and then we're going to have a church meeting where we're going to talk about some things of the church, uh, you know, and direction of the church, things like that that you need to hear hear about, be a part of. And uh, so we, we're trying to bait you to the meeting. I'm just going to be honest with you. We're trying to bait you to the meeting with food. And if I have to, if I have to go get a bunch of bluebell with some ice cream topping, I'll resort to that too. Well, I did enchiladas for you. Don't raise your hand on the ice cream, too. Uh, that's the best of both worlds, enchiladas and bluebell. You know what I'm saying? Okay. All right. Well, we might have to do that. I, I guarantee you, if somebody brought bluebell, it'll be gone before you leave. So if you want to bring something, I know some people have written down things that they're going to bring and that kind of thing. Great. If you said, man, I just feel guilty. Not, don't feel guilty. But if you want to bring something, just go get some bluebell. Any flavors? Anyone want to take any strawberry, chocolate? I like the homemade vanilla. Homemade vanilla, because homemade vanilla, you can put anything on it. Ketchup, anything. It's good. I love it. Oh, pecans, pralines, and cream. It go real good, that makes a meal. You know, hit, dampen the spices a little bit. Uh, is Ethel here? I didn't see her. Okay. And Pam's not here. Uh, who else is going to the Bible study? Sandra. Can you say something about the Bible study? You only been once. Tammy. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. I got one wonderful. Bible study. Monday, six thirty. Six thirty Monday. Uh, what's her name? Beth Moore. Beth Moore. She didn't go to church here. So that's why I didn't know her. <laughs> Beth Moore Bible study, the lady. I, Beth Moore's been around for many, many, many years. 
And I'm going to come over here and preach to you two all by yourself in a second. But anyway, uh, deal? <laughs> and matter of fact, we need to pray. Your, is this your last Sunday? Oh, come on. Come on up here. Here's an announcement to make. Oh, you don't want to be prayed for? Come on up here. You're her pastor. Military? No. <laughs> uh, Sydney is going to school in another district. We won't be seeing much of her uh, periodically on weekends, things like that. So uh, let's just stand up, church. Let's stand up. She is such a blessing to us. Ladies, come around here. Come on up here. Get out of your seats. Get out of your aisles. Ladies, come on. All the ladies of faith, come on up here. Lay your hands on her. Ladies know what young ladies go through more than men do. Amen? I should say, hey, women. Situation like this. All right, just begin to pray. Go ahead, ladies, begin to pray. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Someone step out, begin to pray in English. Call that up. You know, that's something we need to know, church, is that <laughs> that's something that we need to know and understand that anytime you make a move, anytime you make an adjustment, uh, 
even if it, whether you go from one job to the next, whether you go from one area to the next area, you need to know that God is taking you and has something in you that you are to impart somewhere else. See, not only are you going for yourself to receive something from that place, because there's also something there that you're to receive of, but you're also there to give out. See, we, we've got to get out of our mindset this individuality where it's all about me. It's not all about us. It's not all about you. You know, when you go someplace to a new job, it's not all about you and you making money there. You're there to be a blessing to somebody. You're there to make an impact. Maybe it's on your boss. Maybe it's on the corporate board. Maybe it's to the people you work around. There's something in you that God wants to impart. See, if we start looking at life as a sending instead of a leaving, it will change the way we enter. Did I need to say that again? If we look at how we are sent instead of how we leave. See, you're not leaving, you're being sent. Because, see, one has purpose to it. And one's just by chance. But if you know that you know that you know that the steps you're taking has purpose that God has purpose for your life, that means everything that you do has purpose, that he's using you and he's feeding you all at the same time. It's cyclical. It's cyclical. It goes around like this. You give out, you receive. You know, you, most Christians are just, or most people are just me, 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 and there's no giving out. I believe with all my heart that the true life comes, just like electricity. It only really works when there's a, the, the cycle or the system is going, it's moving. If electricity doesn't move, there's no light coming on. It has to be a flow. It has to be an energy. And I believe that's the way it is with the kingdom of heaven on this earth. Amen? Any other announcements before we go any further? Anything else? Talk about Bible study. Monday night, 630. Beth Moore talked about the dinner over here tonight at 630 at the church. Please come and be a part. Please. Please. Tell somebody. Anybody. If anybody's interested at all, just... Tell some people that aren't here today that you know that should be here that, that come on, food, all right? Yes, absolutely. Come on, you can raise your hand. Come on. Come on. Come on, church. Come on.
Oh. So wait a minute now. Satan's telling you that if you tell people what God's done for you, he's going to reach out there and get it and it's kept you from saying anything because you've believed that word. Come on. Come on. Come on. Woo! That's a breakthrough. That's a breakthrough. Come on. Somebody needs a hug. We, we hug around here. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. See, we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the words of our testimony. That's just what she did. She's overcoming the enemy that wants her to stay defeated by the blood of the Lamb and the words of her testimony. That's one thing we can announce Wednesday nights. It, 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 this is not something that you had to start at the beginning to get anything out of. Come anytime. Uh, we have any, you know, 20, 30, 30 some people coming on Wednesday night. Uh, it'll change your life. I was talking to some friends of mine. Uh, this yesterday and uh, they were in the midst of getting a divorce uh, some things had happened uh, the wife had went out and had an affair and uh, of course you know that, that devastated the, the relationship and to make a long story short in both these people we'd had in our classes uh, back at another church where we taught for several years and they were in the heart physics class and they knew a lot of things about heart physics and things and and when they went for counseling they flew out to California and basically heard some of the same things uh, basically you know I'll just say it from his perspective some disappointments that he received as a child from his father. Some things that the father did, not on purpose, because he was just being a dad because the way his dad was being a dad. You understand? You know the chain? You know what I'm talking about? You know, our parents were just parents the way that they were parented. You understand? Unless you change something in your thinking, change something in the heart, you're just going to parent the way you were parented. So if you didn't like the way you were parented, you need to change something. But, you know, he had a great dad. His dad is, one of my, is a close friend of mine, this young man. And I know his dad, but his dad did something twice back then in his, when he was seven and eight years old uh, he was accused of doing something. His dad said, never lie to me. And so he, he as a young child, he, he never lied to his dad. And something happened like this year, then the next year. And the dad didn't, and he said, dad, I didn't do it. And the dad didn't believe him. Just two simple things that the Holy Spirit showed him in his life that he had been holding a grudge against his dad. The man's like 27 years old now. For 20 years, been holding this resentment 
to his dad. I was friends with him all 20 years, don't get me wrong. But went back to that where because of that lack of trust, not see, doing, I mean, he learned his work ethic from his dad, everything. But because of that, God showed him that affected something in his heart that made him not trust or want to be honest with his wife. Which in turn affected her, I mean, the way she was raised, some things she did. But it all goes down to the heart issue, people. I want to say this out loud. I encourage you, do not go anywhere in a relationship until you've got your relationship in your heart right. Unless you know who you are in Christ. Because you, as long as there's a problem in here, you'll make, a pro, you'll make a decision that leads you to a problem out here. Everything in your life, and Proverbs 4, it says that the heart determines the issues, the boundaries, and the borders of your life. Your heart does, not God. If the word's not in your heart, it's not going to affect you. If you have an identity problem, if you, are, if you have a relationship where if this person is the other half of you, you're in trouble. When I got married, I dated Joy. I was in a, a singles ministry in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Victory Christian Center. Billy Joe Doherty, don't know if you ever heard, great man. He, he's passed away since then, but... But, you know, we learned that we're complete in Christ. Because other churches were teaching us as singles that we need to go find our other half. Our other half? What's that mean, Frank? Our other half. I'm complete in Christ. When you get two whole people come together, you got something powerful. you got something that you can work with, that you're not going to be struggled by, by every little thing that goes wrong in the world. Oh, we won't get in marriage counseling right now. We'll just go on. Dang it. I do have notes. Hallelujah. All right. Is everybody here the word again <laughs> this morning? Is everybody ready? Y'all look like you're just sitting there. Can't wait for it to get over. Well, that's part of my little trap today, too. Mexican food. Anybody hungry? If you're not hungry, I can get you hungry real quick. You know how I'm going to get you hungry? You should have... I tasted that taco meat. I tell you, I've been a big old bag of cheese, and when I put it on that hot taco meat, and I'm going to make some enchiladas, and I'm going to roll them up in tortillas, and i got this sauce I'm going to pour over the top. It's going to bake in that oven. I'm going to look in that glass, turn the light on in the oven, and you know how you see it bubbling? And you smell that aroma? Joy made some roast beef last night. Oh, my gosh. Joy can cook. I used to weigh 300 pounds. I told her to quit cooking. Look at me now. It's working. You know, we can talk about bluebell ice cream. Or we can talk about buffets. Who likes buffets? Uh, who knows all the, all the uh, <coughs> yeah, 300 pounders raise their hand. <laughs> I love buffets. I can't eat there no more. But, you know, I could talk about food and what's, what's going to happen. You're going to get hungry. Turn me to Psalms 34. He said, what's that got to the scripture? We're going to turn there. See, there's something missing in the body of Christ. There's something missing. Psalms 34. 
I could sit in here and I could talk about food until the point where you had to get up and leave because I magnified the flavors, the senses, the aromas, the textures. You know, there's some people that are texture eaters. They can't eat certain textured food. I know a friend of mine can't eat scrambled egg. He likes the flavor, but the texture just irritates the heck out of him. Oh, we got some people. How about the people that can't let the juices from one vegetable flow into another? <laughs> oh, we got another hand. My brother used to put a spoon underneath his plate to keep the pea juice over there on that side of the plate. I didn't care. Put it in me. You know, after the Marine Corps, you end up putting gravy on everything and stirring it up anyway. You know, <laughs> that's how you got your food warm. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. There is so much truth into this. Uh, I've actually, uh, in the past, used to have a, a tape set on this back when we had tapes. I just dated it. <laughs> That's before CDs. <laughs> a whole series on magnifying the Lord in your life. You get in your life what you magnify. If we talk about healing long enough, you're going to want to be healed if you're sick. If I talk about food long enough, you're going to get hungry and want to get that, and you'll go out and quench that. Whether you go to Taco Bell, McDonald's, i got to give a little commercial up, with, always in the children, McDonald's, wherever it's at, you're going, to, you're going to feel that hunger. If you're thirsty, you will seek out a bottle of water. If you're thirsty. Does everybody know what I'm talking about? Has anybody been thirsty? I don't mean like, eh, I could use a drink. No, I mean thirsty. You know, and it's not even liquid, because some liquid doesn't quench your thirst. As the youth found out, we took the youth to Wichita Mountains. It was hot. This is last week. <laughs> it was hot. I didn't bring any water. I just brought colas and sodas they wouldn't drink none of it you know why they wanted something that would quench their thirst because I had to go to town and buy water spoiled kid no <laughs> I did it while they were climbing the mountain though <laughs> because they were thirsty for something that would quench their thirst see see there's a hunger and there's a thirst I believe that's missing in the body of Christ because if you're not hungry you're not going to do anything. Yeah, you know. Hungry people will put effort to meeting that need. Hungry people will get in the car. If I talk long enough, two or three hours, some people will slip out. We'll stop and pray and we'll lose three or four. We'll stop and pray next 30 minutes, three or four will slip out to go feed their belly because they're hungry. And see, I believe there's a spiritual hunger that needs to rise up in the church for the things of God. There's a spiritual hunger that is absent 
The scripture says, seek first the kingdom. The first thing that we should be hungry for, we should be desiring and should be things pertaining to the kingdom and all these things shall be added. There should be a hunger. There should be something, you know, and, and, and I, I know I'm preaching to the choir because you're here this morning. But this is for the days when you're not here. I'll save this message for when other people are here. But there should be a hunger. I remember at Victory Christian Center uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, we, 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 we would rush to the front row. And I'm not saying anything about, about where you're sitting today. I'm just saying I had such a hunger, and it just wasn't me. The whole church was hungry. There were people lined up waiting for the doors to be unlocked like it was Thanksgiving sale. You know what I'm saying? Like you line up. You know why it's so, such a long line at Thanksgiving when the, the doors open, you have those early bird sales, and people, because they're hungry for a deal. They've, the store's magnified what they had and the deal that they're going to receive. And so people will go out to Best Buy, wait in line, camp outside. How about people in the world so hungry to see a movie because they've watched the advertisements because the way it's been magnified, they're camping outside but they be first in line to get in a the theater. <laughs> and my daughter's going, yeah, she's been a part of that. So it's true. And we think they're crazy until it's something you're hungry about. Get out of Charles's way when he wants an enchilada. He'll be first in line tonight. Because they're hungry. There are people that are waiting for football season to start. You know why they're hungry for football season to start? Because they're, thank you, good word, they're in withdrawal. They're watching old football games, and they already know the outcome. What's up with that? They're, they're still betting on it and still going to lose again. No, I'm just kidding. But they're hungry for what's been magnified in their life. Oh, church, you will get what you magnify. If you magnify the power of the Holy Spirit, if you get hungry for it, you create a desire in your own being for the power of God to be manifest. Jesus said, blessed are the what? Blessed are the hungry. Why are they blessed? Because they're going to get what they're hungry for. It's that simple. What are you hungry for, church? Are you hungry just for enough are you hungry for everything that pertains to life and godliness are you hungry for the peace and joy 
to be supreme? Are you hungry for the, the peace of God to govern your life, rule your heart? Are you hungry to be stable in unstable times? Are you hungry for the manifestation of God and His Word in your being? Are you hungry? Are you hungry? That's the question. It's a real simple question. Are you hungry? After cooking enchilada meat, I'm hungry for enchiladas. I'm sorry. I will beat you in line. I've already been in line. No. I cooked it. I've already had one. I got, why? Because I planned it. I prepared it. I went and bought it. Oh, magnify. See, if you can magnify something, what happens when you magnify something? You make that something. Here, let, let's do this. Hey, Johnny, magnify my voice. Just to take the little lever and begin to magnify me. <laughs> see, now, now demagnify me. I say, I can even control the volume. See, I'm still speaking. Can you hear me? Yes. See, they can hear me. And I just put me normal. Because, <laughs> see, if you can magnify something, you can de magnify something. See, the reason we're not hungry for the things of God is because we have demagnified the things of God. We're, as a body of Christ, we're not talking about the things of God. We're not talking about His Word. We're not talking about healing, deliverance, warfare. We're not talking about blind eyes opening, people being raised from the dead. We're not talking about the power of the Holy Ghost. We're not magnifying God. You know, turn with me real quickly into the Scripture. We're, we're going to be talking about this magnifying here, but turn in the book of, book of Acts. This is... Um, no, no, no. Turn with me to the book of Mark. I've got several places I want to go this morning. We'll hope it all flows together. Uh, Mark chapter 6. Uh, this is the same passage of Scripture in Matthew where it talks where Jesus went into his uh, own hometown after doing signs, wonders, and miracles, and he was in his own home. Uh, he went back to his own home. The Scripture says into his own country, and uh, that means his own area, got into his own hometown, and they were marveling at his teaching, but he couldn't do any great things in, his, in their area because of lack of honor. They knew him as a carpenter's son. They didn't recognize or honor. They didn't magnify. They weren't magnifying who he was or who he is. They magnify who he had been. They magnified with their mouth who he had been. Let's stop and look at this for a second. It says here, now, uh, Then he went out from, uh, out from there and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he had began to teach in the synagogues, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, Huh, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? See, they'd heard about these great things that had happened. They had heard the testimonies of Jesus performing miracles, 
Verse 3, Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, and, and goes on in Judas and, and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. See what they did? They magnified what they knew of the past and the way they saw Jesus in the past. And what's the scripture say here? But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Some of the hardest places for you to perform a miracle is in your own house. Wow. Because you're not honored in your own home. I'm just getting right down to it. I was going to, I was going to approach this and gently come into the outside, you know, how pastors do and warm you up. But I'm just, I'm going right to the heart. Jesus said, a prophet, let's put it this way, the word is not without honor except in his own country. Unless you honor the word, it's not even going to have manifestation in your own life. Unless you honor the word and what God's doing in you, no one else is going to honor the word in you. It says a prophet won't have honor in his own hometown, his own country, his own house, or his own relatives. Most of us have judged the power of God in our life because of what we haven't seen in our own home. But see, they happened that way because they didn't honor. They didn't magnify. They didn't give God the glory. Now he could not magnify, excuse me. Now he could do no mighty work there except, this is verse 5, that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them and marveled because of their un... See, they had unbelief because they chose to look at Jesus the way he used to be and not the way God saw him and the way he was. They didn't value him. They didn't give him any value or honor because of his where he came from. Oh, isn't that Mary's son? Didn't his sisters go here? That's, that's so-and-so's brother. Well, who's he to bless us? They didn't magnify God, so they didn't get God. You don't magnify God in your life, you're not going to get God either. You don't get hungry for God, you're not going to magnify Him. I tell you what, you start magnifying God, you're going to start getting hungry for God. You, get, you need to be around people. I tell you what, I double-dog dare you to hang around me for a week. I'm not kidding. First of all, you're going to work. <laughs> Unless you're Charles, I'll put you Charles to work, and I'll go to a meeting. <laughs> Just so I'll have work. That's a good work. That's a good week for me, Charles. Dialing, that was great. Y'all did all the work. I went to a meeting. I need to schedule that more often. I learned something that week. Y'all like the trim work out here? Y'all notice that? Dialing and Charles did that. I think Dialing, uh, Charles did the cutting. 
Dylan did the bending. <laughs> Look what it says here. Now he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit. What's the next word? Teaching. Teaching the word is the way Jesus overcame unbelief. Teaching is the way that Jesus, the Son, the manifest Son of God, came into an area and began to work on the belief system in people's hearts. What is teaching? Teaching is magnifying God's Word. The more teaching you hear about God, let's say you need healing. Let's say you need prosperity. The more teaching you hear about prosperity and God's Word, the more prosperity that you're going to have in your life. You're going to magnify, you're going to get what you magnify. They magnified unbelief and they got it. If they would have magnified Jesus, the Messiah, and all He'd done, they would have received the same miracles as other people received, but they chose not to magnify it. They weren't hungry. So Jesus began to teach them. Why? To make them hungry. Just like I can start teaching you about enchiladas and how I make them. And as I teach you about enchiladas, I can teach you how to make a homemade vanilla bluebell thunder to just tear you up. You can probably show me a few things about bluebell and food. But see, why? Why, why does it work that way? Because that's what we're magnifying. If in your life you have unbelief and you're struggling with it, well, I just can't believe that. You know why? You hadn't listened to any of the teaching. Some of us just leave Sunday morning to the only time we hear the word. Then there's a group of people that step out of the normal. I heard a phrase this week, I think you call it, uh, uh, what was it, the Bob and Nod crowd? The nod, to nod to God, that's what it said, the, the, the nod to God. Sunday morning's the nod to God, okay. And then they go home. All right, God. And there are some people that go beyond that. You know, they come to Wednesday night. Listen, this needs to be an everyday thing. Because the world is speaking to you how often? Every day. If all you hear in your life is what the world has to say, all you're going to get in your life is what the world has to give. Which hand you want? Does it make sense? Hearing is hearing. It takes the same energy to hear the word as it does the world. 
Frank made a good choice. He picked the right one. The same energy. Listen to what God has to say, and guess what? You'll get God. Listen to what the world has to say, and you'll get the world. It's your choice, people. It's your choice. What do you want out of life? It's, you're going to get what you magnify. If you magnify negative things in life, you're going to be miserable. You've got a choice. It is in the power of your tongue. It's your confession. You begin to magnify. Talk about God. Make Him larger than your circumstances. Most of us tell God about our circumstances. You know that's how most of us pray? Most of us pray telling God how bad our circumstances are. Woe with me. Oh my God. Can't you see what I'm going through? It is so hard. It is so hard. Woe with me. Quit telling God about your problem and tell your problem about your God. Amen. Speak to your problem. The problem, that doesn't say tell God about your mountain. Oh God, this mountain is so big. I've had this mountain for so long. The Bible says speak to the mountain. Mountain, God is my sufficiency. Mountain, God is my provider. Mountain, be thou out of my way. Because God is my source, you're not. Amen. We're telling God about our problems. Don't you think he knows? Well, he hasn't done anything. He's not going to. I've got some revelation for you theologically. Theological revelation. He's not going to move your mountain. He told you to. He told... We're, oh, God, would you just please speak to our mountain? No, I told you to speak to it. Oh, God, just heal me. No, he told you to speak healing. He gave you power. Life and death is in the power of your tongue. You don't experience in your life? It's not God's fault. Let me show you something. Turn to the book of Acts. What time is it? I can't tell by that. What? I'm not going to ask you what time it is. Someone else else tell me what time it is. <laughs> Someone tell me a good time. What? 11.45? Do I hear 11.45? I hear 11.45. All right, go Charles. All right, I got a couple more minutes left. Turn to me book of Acts. See, it's all about management. <laughs> Turn to me Acts chapter 10, I believe. <laughs> you know, Pentecost in the book of Acts was full of Jewish people in the temple and the Holy Spirit came and filled the Jewish people and the people that were there. But in Acts chapter 10 is what is known as 
I don't want to say the Gentile Pentecost, but the, the, uh, it's when the Holy Spirit fell upon the Gentiles for the first time. Okay? Acts chapter 10 is the, the, the story there where Peter had a vision about uh, eating unclean things and things like that. And he said, no, I've never eaten anything unclean or common. God said, don't call things common that I've declared clean. And it goes on after that, at the end of the chapter here, in verse 44, it says, While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word and those of the circumcision who believed. See, there were people there that knew about circumcision. There were Jews that were there and there were Gentiles that were there. But listen. And it says, and, and they heard the word, and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. So this is the Gentile infilling of the Holy Spirit. This is what lets us know that you don't have to be a Jew to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is the outreach of the kingdom of heaven to the Gentile world, which we're a part of. For they heard, verse 46, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Stop right there. You can't show me a place in the Word where the Holy Spirit shows up See, it's one thing to be saved. We can give you an example, go through the book of Acts, other places. There's all types of, of relationships or, or expressions of the Holy Spirit. Uh, there's some in the Old Testament, uh, under the Old Covenant. Uh, but right here in, in Pentecost, in the first part of the book of Acts, when the Holy Spirit came upon a group of people or a person... They, one of the first manifestations and most common manifestations was the speaking in tongues. It is not of the devil. It is of God. Another aspect of being filled with the Spirit is a group of people that speak in tongues and magnify God. It's just not about speaking in tongues and operating in the gifts of the Spirit, but the outcome of really having an influence, infilling of the Holy Spirit produces an energy in you that you can't help but speak in tongues and magnify God. Speaking in tongues is a part of magnifying God. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together forever. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Speak in tongues if you have a prayer language. Be filled with the Holy Spirit if you haven't. If you have a prayer language and haven't used it, be faithful in a little and you'll be given more. Just... The scripture says when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you build yourself up. You're not talking about your outside. We're talking about your inside. Why do you build yourself up? Because you're honoring the Holy Spirit in you. Don't come into this place and go, 
I feel the Holy Spirit. You should feel the Holy Spirit here. I don't want you to feel the Holy Spirit out here. I want you to feel the Holy Spirit in here. And out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is going to speak. The Scripture says when you believe, as the Scripture says to believe, rivers of living water will pour out of your mouth. You won't be able to help but talk about God. Ask yourself, do you go all week not talking to anybody about God? I'll let you examine your own life. I'm not going to examine it for you. Do you only talk about God to the people that you know talk about God? Or are you just so excited you can't, you can't help it? Is it just coming out of your life? Is it just pouring out of your system? Are you, have you magnified God to the point where you just can't help but tell somebody? I'm so, I love that song. I'm so excited. I'm not going to dance like she did. but You don't want me to dance like she did. But are you excited? Are you hungry about the things of God, the Word of God? Or have you been, if you're not, it's because we haven't been magnifying. We haven't been talking about God. We're talking about problems. We're not going to, we're going to talk about the leadership of the church tonight and one of the things I'm, we're going to begin to uh, within the, the elder board we're not going to talk about problems the elders aren't there to take care of problems I'll just give it to the elders they'll take care of it, that's their job no oh oh elders should be after the heartbeat of God problems should be the, the least thing on our mind We shouldn't even see problems. Why? Because God is so great. We don't have time to... There should be so many things happening in the kingdom of heaven. We don't have time to take care of these earthly things. That's why in the book of Acts, they said, hey, they assigned other people to take care of those things, the distribution of funds. Why? Because the elders were in the presence of God leading a group of people. Follow me! Church, church, we should be hungry. The hungriest people in the church should be the elders. Man, we should be talking about God, not problems. And I know everybody means, well, you know how many times I hear about problems? And we're a small church. Oh, my God. Sometimes I wonder, do I want a big church? Oh, you know how hard it is to stay focused on the promises of God when all you do is hear about It's easy to prophesy the problem. I'm waiting for those people to come up and start telling me what God's doing. Make me smile. That's why most pastors have assistant pastors. <laughs> Tell them. <laughs> They'll deal with it. <laughs> There's going to be issues. There's going to be dilemmas. There's going to be, anytime you got people together, there's going to be problems. Listen, if you want to go to the perfect church, as soon as you go there, it won't be perfect. <laughs> Even if it's just a membership of one, you're going to screw it up. Do you have problems with yourself? Magnify God. 
Magnify the good things. Real simple message this morning. You get what you magnify. You want a happy life? You magnify positive things. That just sounds like positive thinking. Yeah. It does. That's new age. No. God came up with that idea a long time ago. You want everything that you can perform in your life? You want everything you're qualified for? Do you want the only things in life that are rightly yours? I don't. I don't want right, right, rightly mine. I really don't. I want everything according to his riches and glory. I want everything that pertains to life and godliness. Everything that Jesus did, I want. I want to experience the life of God. Jesus came to bring us life and life more abundant. I want his life, not mine. Man, if I live my life, we don't want to go there. How many people want the life that you deserve? Raise your hand. <laughs> you want the life that Jesus died on the cross for you to live. Amen? Mm, let's stand up. Church, we need to be hungry. I don't know other than teach what I can do to cause people to be hungry. I don't know what else to do but encourage you people to listen. Because when you listen, that means you're being taught. And when you're taught, things are being magnified. We want to magnify God from this place. We want to magnify what God's Word says about us, what God's Word says about this community, and what God says about His kingdom. We are here to establish the kingdom of heaven on this earth. This is not a barn full of sheep. Hear me. This is an embassy full of ambassadors for Christ. Excited about their king. Anybody can have a barn full of needy sheep. It's not about being a needy sheep. It's about being fully equipped to do the work of the ministry and make an impact to bring God's glory in this place. That's where I'm going. Watch it. You don't believe it? Go ahead, sit back and watch it. I'm going to find those. We're going to stir somebody. We're going to stir somebody. Two or more agree in my name, there will be in the midst. Two or more gathered in my name. There I am. 
we're going to find somebody. This church is going for the kingdom. We're going to talk about it. We're going to magnify him. We're going to establish God as king and Lord in this place. Not the casino. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Choctaw Nation should not be the dominant spirit in this county. Being an outsider coming in, I'm letting you know Choctaw Nation is the dominant spirit in this county. Not no more. We're going to join what God's doing in other churches. We're going to join what God's doing by His Spirit in other places. And together, us with some other churches, we're going to magnify God in this place. We're going to make the world hungry for what's happening. But it's going to start with His house. His house is going to get hungry first. Amen? Father, we thank you for what you're doing in our midst. We magnify you in this place. Holy Spirit, We offer up our appetite to you. It calls us to desire things pertaining to your kingdom so we can get hungry for that. May our appetite, well, that's a strong word. God just gave me that word, church. It's our appetite. You know, if you don't like enchiladas, you're not going to get hungry no matter how I describe it. Do you have an appetite for the things of God? Is it even in your menu? You know, look at me for a second. If you like catfish... You're going to go to a place that serves the best catfish that you know of because your appetite. And if you like barbecue because you got an appetite, you're going to eat. You're going to go after what you have an appetite for. What's your appetite? Do you have an appetite for the things of God? Do you have an appetite for holiness? Or maybe you're, you are your own appetite. You just have an appetite for yourself. Mm. Appetite. Hungry. I hope and pray you listen to a teaching of some kind from the Word every day this week. I don't know if I can do that. Do you turn on the TV every day this week? Do you listen to the weather 
I just want to see when it rains. Why? Because you've got an appetite for rain. You don't have to read the Bible driving down the road. Put in a CD. Listen to a teaching. It doesn't have to be me. There are great teachers out here. Listen to a teaching on the Word of God. Put it in your mind. Put it in your thoughts. Create Holy Ghost. If, if you desire more of an appetite for the things of God, hold up your hand. Don't hold up your hand if you don't mean it because I'm going to pray for those that mean it. Holy Spirit, right now with the hands that are being raised. We desire our appetite to be you. Create in us an appetite for your word. May it be at the top of our menu. May it be our first choice. Praise, we give you glory for what you're doing in this place. I pray for a hunger to come forth. You know, church, I was talking to Bobby this morning. And I was talking to some other people about the past. You know, there was a time... When this church flowed in the Holy Spirit every Sunday, people were passionate for God. There were signs and wonders and miracles. He was showing me banners used to be all over the place and people using them. I don't want what was used to be because we're just going to have to buy, we're going to have to go past that on where we're going. But come on, there's words I warn you. We're going to talk about this tonight, probably. I warn you, I'm going back and getting words that were prophetically spoken before this church even put the footings down for this building on this property. There are words yet to be fulfilled. We were, we will go after. I am hungry. Listen to me. I am hungry. I am starving in my home. I'm starving for the manifest presence of God in a place. I'm 
hungry for it. I want it. I moved here to get it. I didn't have to come. But it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Are you hungry? I'm hungry. Hungry. I can't wait for Thanksgiving. I'm so hungry. There's a turkey in the freezer in the kitchen. And every time I see it, I'm thinking, hmm, Thanksgiving. I'm getting hungry. Every time I open the Word, I see signs, wonders, and miracles. People speaking and praising God and making manifest His will in this place. Come on, church. Are you hungry? I am. Get hungry with me. You're blessed. Go in the name of Jesus.